Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Uh, it is Mother's Day. It is. And um, I, I asked Mel to preach and she said no. And so then Mel I, always says no. <laughs> and so then I asked, what if we just sat down and had a conversation? Yeah. And she said yes. Yeah, it's much better. So this morning is, um, it's Mother's Day, obviously, um, but this is not a chat about how to be a great mum, um, because, uh, well, you are a great mum, but it's not necessarily applicable to everyone. Um, but really, I, I find that, like, you know, we learn through experience, Right. And one of the most intense human experiences, I think, is that of a mum becoming a mum for the first time. Because it's just like a crucible of so much change, right? So it's like changing your physical body, there's the birth and the pain of all that, and then you have to keep this little thing alive, like your life revolves around another person. Your career changes, your social life changes, your relationship with church changes, your day-to-day changes, your sleep changes, your hormones, like so much stuff changes. And I just think there's so much to learn in a period like that of like intense change. And so this morning is really about what can we learn about following the way of Jesus from a new mum. Because God is often described, you know, one of the most common uh, word pictures in the Bible is that of like parent-child, father our Father in heaven. That's how Jesus addressed God. Um, And there's something beautiful in that, like, that fathering imagery, but there's also mothering aspects of God as well. In Genesis, um, it tells us that God created man and woman in his image. Like, there's, there's like, woman was made in God's image. It's not just man, but it's man and woman. There are female aspects of God. God is not male or female. Often we um, attribute he or father to him. Um, but there are other aspects of God as well. And then um, in the Bible, uh, in Genesis, um, there's a word used, a Hebrew word called Eza, which is used to describe Eve. And that word is translated often as helper. And people have often used that against women as like women are the helpers of men, like they're the servants of men. But then later in, I think that's used two times in Genesis, and then it's used a couple of times for um, Israel calling other armies to come and help Eza. And then there's 17 times, which is like more than any other time, is attributed to God, that God is actually our helper. And I reckon that is like this beautiful image of, um, you know, like the mothering aspect of God. And then even Jesus talks about, um, I long to gather you, Matthew 24, I long, long to gather you, Jerusalem, under my wings like a mother hen. And so there's actually things to learn about kind of the mothering aspect of God. And then there's this imagery all through the Bible of new birth to be born again, you know that, that image that like we're born again Christians, or, or, or the spirit brings new birth, that's like mothering imagery. And so I just think there is so much to learn from following the way of Jesus, from a mum, and so we've been talking and chatting and I've been trying to like get, get your learnings out of you, and we boil it down to four things, four things that you have been learning about God, about following the way of Jesus, I've been talking a lot, I haven't even let you talk yet. <laughs> Um, the first one is, is rhythm. Yeah. Yes. So, I am a bit of an airy-fairy person sometimes. <laughs> Most of the time 
I think I'm a person that's pretty chilled out. Um, you know, I'm kind of like, it, it'll happen when it happens, you know, like cleaning out the car or... <laughs> we, we went down to one car and Benj hates it so much because I'm like, <laughs> I work two days a week, right? So that's my like sneaky drive through McDonald's day. So I always get like a hash brown and like a cup of coffee and I always leave them in the car. <laughs> He loves it. Half, <laughs> half drunk in like cups of coffee. Half drunk in cups of coffee. Old milk. <laughs> uh, pretty chilled out. <laughs> It'll happen when it happens. You know, like unpacking the dishwasher or replying to text messages. <laughs> Lots of people are laughing at that because you know if you're my friend. <laughs> I'm really bad at replying to text messages. Like really bad. I love you so much. But... Don't be offended if you get a reply like hours later or days later or sometimes weeks later. <laughs> I do love you, but literally if I reply on the spot, it's literally a modern day how miracle. Many, how many of the like... I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> little, little... Um, the notifications on your, on your messenger I app. I think there's about 27 oh, at gosh. the moment. Yeah, but the thing and is... There's, like, no, there's no method to, the, like, to what ones are read and no, unread. There is... <laughs> You're like, sometimes, uh, sometimes you don't need to reply to a message, right? So, so I'm she just, leaves I it unread. It and then I'm like, it's fine. It's there. There's no reply needed. Or like, thank you, Jeremy, you know. I know. I have a method. I have a method in my brain. Anyway, I will reply to you at some point. <laughs> but basically, I'm, I've never been great for structure or implementing good rhythms in my life, as Benj can attest to. Um, but I also thought that my style of parenting was going to be like that. It was going to be very, like, it'll happen when it happens. Milo will sleep when he sleeps. You know, kids have, they'll just, it'll, it'll just happen. Like, Milo will come along on our journey and, you know, we'll be able to get out the door on time. We'll make it to church on time, which mostly we do because we have to, but, um, but, yeah, so I thought that, yeah, I wouldn't be very structured or, or have much rhythm, but, man, was I wrong when it came to parenting. Did you know that you literally have to teach a child to fall asleep? <laughs> like, I didn't. <laughs> I was like, they're just going to close their eyes and have a peaceful sleep. They'll wake up eight hours later or maybe ten hours if you're Larissa Jones. And, like, <laughs> like it'll just happen. But I have come to learn that humans actually thrive off rhythm. So, yes, I had to teach Milo how to sleep. Um, and if I don't do this one thing, then it will affect every other thing. So, at the moment, Milo needs two sleeps during the day. So, he needs two hours sleep over the day. Otherwise, he turns into this little sleep-deprived gremlin that literally laughs in my face trying to put him to sleep. Like, we have this sleep saying that we say, I said, good night, I love you. And then I'm like, he's just going to go down and fall asleep. It's going to be peaceful. So I say, good night, I love you. Then he stands up and he's like, ha. <laughs> it's like, go to sleep. <laughs> um, and I'm sure that you've seen me every Sunday morning pacing the driveway trying to put Milo to sleep. Um, and I don't do it because I love doing it. <laughs> I do it because um, having that structure and having that rhythm will help my son to thrive for the rest of the day. So rhythms 
are healthy and rhythms help us to thrive. And that's what I've been learning mm. from Milo. Very good. Mm. There's this, um, an author, his name's Ronald Rollheiser. He talks about, he wrote a little book called Domestic Monastery. And he talks about, like, in modern life, like, we don't have anything close to being a monk except for maybe being a new mum because, like, you come out of, like, the centre of social life and your rhythms, like, monks have, like, this set rhythm of, like, praying at 3am and then 6am and then 12 and 3 and, like, just waking up every, every couple of hours and, and praying. And um, he makes this point that, like, a new mum is, like, the modern-day monk it's like being separated, but and there's this like rhythm set by you. Have you found that you've thrived off that rhythm, or yeah, not? Yeah, no, definitely. I think, yes, I've definitely learnt that um, if I don't have these rhythms in place, it also affects my mental health. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually really enjoyed it. Even just, I know that Milo has to sleep, so that actually gets me going in the more like I have to I take him for walks three times a day literally to sleep but like that's actually helped me and helped me have space as well to just like when we're out on a walk I try not to be on my phone or just have that space to to listen and just be present and yeah yeah I've actually really enjoyed the rhythm and the less flightiness. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you see what we see, like, in the Gospels, Jesus mm. has that rhythm, right? He's, like, in the synagogue every Sunday, yeah. every every Saturday. Yeah. There's, like, this rhythm of, like, going away and praying and then being with the crowds and then going away and yeah. praying and being with the crowds. And there's something about that, like, that's instinctively human. Yeah. Um, that's good. The second learning that we're talking about yeah. that you were learning was about presence. Yeah. Can talk about that? Yeah. So... Having a kid, it's taught me that um, being present is actually so important and it's an important part of a growing and healthy relationship. Um, so it has a flow-on effect of um, choosing to put, like when we choose to put everything else aside um, and just be in that moment, it's actually brought me so much joy and it's actually strengthened my relationship with Jesus and I think I used to literally fill it's made me realize I've used to fill every spare moment with just being on my phone um so you know like when you're in an elevator and it's just that awkward moment and you just go on your phone it's made me realize how much everyone does it like you're waiting in line for a coffee and you don't just be present anymore you're just like oh okay <laughs> I've got nothing to do I'm just going to scroll um and I realised I started to do that with Milo. So in the early days, literally, he would be up almost every hour or hour and a half um, having to feed him. And so I, what else do you do? Well, you feed him. So I'll just kind of scroll on my phone. And um, I realised how much I, in my head, online shop. <laughs> I, didn't, like, I didn't buy much. I would just put things in the basket, thank goodness for you. <laughs> That's what I do all night. Um, but there was one particular night that I was just on my phone and uh, I looked down and I saw that Milo was just staring up at me and it just really hit me <laughs> um, that I just was not being present. And when I saw his eyes looking up at me, I literally felt this just overwhelming feeling of love. And it was something in the silence and in, in just being present, um, 
that that I know that that I was giving Milo my love, but I felt this receiving of love for the not for the first time, but it was just this overwhelming feeling of like, oh, I'm receiving something. Um, so silence is paramount to presence. Um, in the silence, in the moment where we choose to give all our attention, uh, we get the opportunity to receive. So there is so much deepening of relationship where we choose to be fully present. Um, I think that sometimes being a mum can be really hard. <laughs> it is demanding of your time and your energy. Um, you know, there are days where I'm like, oh my goodness, what have we done? <laughs> like, I love him, but whoa. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we lump, we tend to lump all these, um, how do you say, unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Like, we have to have... I have to have a really clean house or I have to have everything tidy in a place. Clean car. A clean car, the dishes put away. I have to reply to Ben's text messages. <laughs> <laughs> I have to put all Milo's toys away for the 10th time at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, it, it's, and it's not just being a mum that we do that. I think that, that every one of us can put lump on un, all these unrealistic expectations of... Um, how busy or how productive that we have to be over the day to feel a sense of fulfilment with something. Um, but I love it. it says, do not measure your day by the hold on, by the degree of your productivity. Measure your day by the degree of your presence. So once I started doing that, I just I felt a different sense of fulfilment. So don't measure your day by the degree of your productivity. Measure your day by the degree of your presence. Mm. That is very good. We've been um, going for walks for a couple of weeks. We always go for walks, but for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about this, this talk and trying to get those learnings out of you. And this next one is a favourite one, my favourite one that you said, which was about free will. Mm. Yeah. Want to talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've learned so much um, just in... I didn't realise how much that I was learning from being a mum before we did this, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, the idea of free will that, um, yeah, Jesus gives us free will. This, this is huge, a huge realisation of mine when it comes to parenting because sometimes it's hard to allow Milo to make his own choices and mistakes so, like, he'll be climbing on something and I just want to go in and just rescue him because I know I can foresee what's about to happen. He's just going to, like, face plant on the floor or, you know, feeding him. That was a really hard thing because I'm like, okay, I've got to chop something up really, really tiny, small, otherwise he's going to choke on it. I can't, like, I've got to spoon feed him everything. Um, but I, I had to allow him to explore for himself um, and know that inevitably he might choke, <laughs> but I've got to be okay with that. Um, and another example is letting Benj parent. Whoo, <laughs> 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 free will right there. <laughs> the amount of times I've looked outside and just seen Milo eating, like, piles of dirt, and Ben's just been like, no, 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 it's okay. It's like, good for him. Oh, yeah, it's great for him. Or even just, like... 
on the playground, you know, like letting him like touch everything after kids, other kids have touched everything. I've had to let that go, okay? <laughs> like I'm the biggest germaphobe, but I'm like, no, it's okay. He's got to have fun. Um, or even so, actually, watching John, Benja's dad, look after Milo. <laughs> I love you, but that's free will right there. <laughs> there was one day we were staying at Benja's parents' place. Sorry to throw you under the bus, John. <laughs> I looked down the balcony. It was very cute. Every morning, like Milo loves John. John would take him out, and they've got this little swing that John has had since he was a child um, that's kind of gone... Through the family, Benj, he was on it with Benj when he was little. And so Milo and he would go out in the morning, have coffee. But John was <laughs> putting something in the compost and Milo was just sitting on the side of the swing, like, <laughs> which is about, like, this high. He was like, quite little, hey? And we're like, okay, it's going to be okay. I just have to let it go. <laughs> so a lot of those moments. But I soon came to realise that, like, Part of loving and teaching your child is allowing them to learn and have, like, teachable moments for themselves. Mm. And um, sometimes part of God uh, loving us is allowing us to make mistakes and have teachable moments for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. So God saving us from today's trouble Mm. isn't necessarily setting us up well to face tomorrow's trouble. Yeah. And I reckon that, that is such a, like, a key thing to grasp when it comes to our relationship with God. Why do bad things happen to me? Why does that happen? Why didn't that happen? Why didn't he come and fix this now? But, like, understanding free will, trying to get your head around that is pretty hard. But, the, like, the relationship between parent and child is pretty good because you don't own your child. You can't control your child. And, um, you know, we're, we're reading a book, and I love one of the points that they said was that you're raising a human and not a child. Um, and that's kind of what God's doing for us. Like, he doesn't want us to be just stuck where we are. He's, he's like, the call is actually maturity, greater love for God and people. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I, I, when we were talking about that, I thought that was such a brilliant um, learning because, um, yeah, there's just there's just something so much in that. Um, and in that same book, it talks about that we are responsible to our child, not responsible for our child. And it sounds wrong, like, to start with, but then you think about it, like, and this is the same with every relationship we have, where you are not responsible for other people. You are responsible to them. And, you know, as a parent, as a mum, you're particularly responsible to your child. But you're not responsible for them. Ultimately, they're going to become a human and make their own choices. You can't do that for them forever. And so I think just that learning between a parent and a child, but yeah. between us and God as well is, yeah. is really important. It's just how maturity is produced, isn't it? Like yeah. By experience and having experienced things yourselves. Yeah. That's good. Um, and the fourth one, and this is, this is actually one of my learnings watching you, is the role of sacrifice in motherhood is pretty incredible. So for the first couple of months of Milo's life, he couldn't lie down. He had um, reflux. So he, like, literally, we were, like, trying to put him to bed, and he just wouldn't, like, we were trying to work out what was going on forever, but it w- turned out that because of the reflux, he just couldn't lie down, and so yeah. for the first, like, three or four months of his life, you slept literally in bed, s- sitting up, sleep, like, holding him, yeah. and that was, like, one of the most gut-wrenching but beautiful things to, to watch is, like, you just sacrificing your s- My yourself, posture. Your posture. <laughs> 
and your sleep so that you could hold him. And I, I just think it's such a beautiful image of, of Jesus sacrificing for us that you came in and you like were in the pain with him. You didn't like take it away necessarily, but you gave him rest and you gave him yourself. And I reckon that is, that's a beautiful image. Um, when you look up back at moments like that and like countless other moments, does that feel like sacrifice to you? Let's put it this way. Did Jesus sweat blood? <laughs> um, I think... I think in the moment I was fully aware of the sacrifice but also fully unaware, if that makes sense. Like, it was hard but you just do it anyway because you love them so much. And I think that's just such a reflection of Jesus on the cross. Sorry, not at mine, but, like, he felt that extreme pain. He knew the sacrifice, but he did it anyway because he loves us so much. Yeah. Like, and you just do it. Like, you don't second-guess it. But, like, yes, it's hard in the moment. There was moments where I'm like, this is really hard. This is really hard sitting upright. I don't want to <laughs> fall asleep and then he falls down. But... Somehow, you're just protected through it all. <laughs> like, but yeah. yeah. It's just a beautiful picture of, like, the generosity of God towards us to yeah. enter our, our pain. But, like, you see that in mums all over, right? Just, like, yeah. generosity, self-giving love, giving up their own yeah. energy, time, yeah. space, social status, career. Yeah. You know, all this stuff, like, is given for another. And I think that is, like, that's the gospel in a lot of ways, which is, which is cool. Well, we're going to finish off, um, but uh, there's a prayer that you prayed over Milo since he was in the womb. Yeah. What is it? Be. Uh, I kind of I flipped it in the womb, but when he was in the womb, you flipped it. I flipped it, and then he flipped out. But <laughs> oh gosh, uh, <laughs> I used to pray every day that. Um, he would be healthy and strong so he would grow up to be wise and kind. Um, but now I say wise, kind, healthy and strong. Um, but, yeah, I, and I continue to pray that every day mm. over him. I thought, I thought it would be nice if you could pray that over mm -hmm. us this morning sure. as we go. And then we're yeah. going to sing another song. So maybe we can stand. Is that good? We can stand, yeah. yeah let's all stand. God, I thank you that you are just present in every single moment, Lord, in the hard times, in the good times, in the times that feel like sacrifice. God, you are present. Lord, maybe you'd be wise, God. God, will you produce wisdom in us? Protect us, Lord. Lord, help us to know right from wrong, God. Develop all those things that wisdom produces, God. Compassion, love, kindness. May we be kind. God, may we choose kindness in every situation, God. And may we be healthy. Lord, healthy physically 
and spiritually, Lord. God, would you strengthen our bones? Lord, will you bring healing here this morning, God? For wherever we are on our journey, maybe it's with motherhood, God. Would you heal within us what needs to be healed? Our hearts, our bodies, our minds. Thank you for the fathers in this room. God, and the sacrifice they give as well, God. Lord, will we be people that reproduce healthy relationships, God? And may we be strong, physically, mentally, emotionally, God, and spiritually, Lord. Lord, we are strong because what you did on the cross, Lord. Lord, we have a protector. We have someone, God, that watches over us, that fills in the gap, that steps in the gap for us, Lord. So, Lord, will you have your way here this morning, Lord? And like Alyssa prayed, help us not to be scared of vulnerability, Lord. But, Lord, will we give everything to you?